Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. What's going on, everyone? Hope y'all had a great weekend. Welcome to episode 86 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Florida as University of Louisville commit Alyssa Zabala takes home the weekly honors. Alyssa had quite a week on the mound as she had two wins, allowing only four hits over 18 innings of work with 33 strikeouts, along with an amazing 11-inning no-hitter win as her and the Doral Academy Firebirds started their season 2-0. Awesome job, Alyssa. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Softball Newfoundland Hall of Famer, Ward Goss. Ward has had a spectacular career in the game, which has spanned over four decades. Wardo has been named an All-Canadian three times, was part of Newfoundland's first senior national championship in 2012, named to the 2006 ISC All-World Team, and of course, inducted into the Softball Newfoundland Hall of Fame back in 2014. We're going to talk to Ward about getting a start in the game where he grew up in Bay Roberts, what it was like playing in his first senior nationals in ISCs, his amazing stats and records he holds in the St. John's Senior Fast Pitch League, and much, much more. Wordle was a treat to chat with, and you'll find out why he's regarded as one of the good guys in our great game. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom, could you, could you say that? going on how much how are you good good <laughs> got a little story to tell you okay so I've <laughs> welcome been, uh... to the podcast welcome back to the basement <laughs> so the i've been uh i've been going to chiropractor since first december right because uh you know towards the end of the ball season last year my, my felt like i was having pressure on my hips where it was almost like somebody was pushing down Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's just it's all the weight and, on your shoulders from carrying the team. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't even have to respond to that one because uh, it's, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I, I figured, you know, it's just from the wear and tear of, you know, being 43 sports and, and being pitching. older, yep. getting older and stuff. Yep. Yeah, but for sure. then as kept going on, didn't play for a month and a half. It was still, it was still bothering me and like it was fine playing hockey. It felt okay. But as soon as like I'd walk and stuff, it yeah. just a lot of pressure. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the chiropractor. And, uh, anyway, I went and they sent me for x-rays and went for x-rays, come back. Apparently I have degenerative disc disease in my lower back. Which, awesome. <laughs> but with maintenance, I mean, they said, they you know, take care, of it. take care of it. Well, that's good. But, yep. uh, anyway, so I've been going since December. It was three times a week. Now I'm down to two a week, but anyway, little funny story. I can't believe I'm telling this on, on a podcast, but anyway, the, I had, it's a husband and wife that it's their chiropractor. So I had the wife tonight and she was doing, doing the lower back one where, you know, she kind of jumps on you to to crack your back and she did it tonight. Didn't I happen to let one? Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. I didn't mean to. And what do you mean? Like like a, a good two, one, a or two, it come. I could hear it. What and the I, fuck? And I was like, so you know, she heard it. I went ooh, <laughs> like that. For you. I was like that. Well, was that the fart noise, or you made that? No, noise? I made that noise after it happened. <laughs> and I was like, man, she didn't. She didn't say anything. But yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> oh, you were doing that. The, 
There it is. Yeah. There it is. Oh, so Randy goes to the chiropractor and <laughs> you shit your pants she while didn't she's ne- cracking your back. But she didn't, you know, say it. I, I, it you know, made me wonder. I wonder honestly, how much they, it happens. Well, that's what I was just thinking. They, they must go through a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I, it's embarrassing for you, but everybody farts. There's no question. <laughs> God. Who knows? Maybe she's farting the whole time I she's cracking know. your back. Man. And then I had to do the other side and the whole time when I turned over, I was like, please don't do it again. And you peed yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Holy man. Jesus, man. Yeah. So anyway. Some serious the, problems. The, the, Fun stories of Framer. What? <laughs> what did you have for lunch today? What did I have? Uh, I had some fish. I had some, oh. some fried haddock. Okay. So it's going to say if you had like Meza or something. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, man. That's why you shake your That pants. wouldn't be good. <laughs> uh, another funny story. Yeah. So on the weekend, uh, I get a little text from our friend Jason Hill. <laughs> a little bugger. Obviously, he got done listening to our podcast with, uh, with Obi. Obi. Yeah. And uh, heard the story about his home run off me where it hit the beer tent and kept going. So I'm sitting at home having a beer on the couch and text comes through and here it is a a video from Hilly with a picture of his TV on the wall. I press play and it's a video of his home run off me in slow motion. (laughs) Like I was like, well done Hilly. I wrote back. I was like, you son of a bitch. Well done. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Oh, that's good. (laughs) It's fun. So we're back on the rock. Yes, my another another podcast. What we talked about with Obi was that we said, "Good guy to have on." After we said, uh, "Yeah, did you know Wardo, Ward Goss?" I mean, we we list his his uh, well the accomplishments, accomplishments yeah. from crazy. the from the senior league over there, which yeah. is unreal. I mean, we'll get into it a lot more with our episode with them, but uh, yeah, for sure. From all all accounts, I mean, we've played against Ward a number of times, and just a stand up guy for sure. Oh my gosh, yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's also a councilman, I think, over there now. Yeah, in Torbay. Torbay. Yes, boy. Won an election. Yes, boy. Torbay, boy. Ask him how the how that all went down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should ask him if he can get us. Well, he probably can't. He's a politician. Deals on hotels for half the year. And I'm worried about that because everything is so expensive right now. Yeah, Gas man. is like a dollar sixty a liter here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. I don't know what it is across the country, but. By the time the summer rolls around, it could be well over $2 a liter. I know. So it's unreal. Christ almighty. And then if we, you know, we're going to Newfoundland for sure, but we get over there. I mean, knock on wood. We get over there. And if hotels are expensive like they were before and renting vehicles with gas and all the above, that's that's going to be a tough sled for sure. Yeah. John Hill's going to have to put us in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Hilly. Yeah. Right. Hook us up, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the prices. I, I filled our Mazda five there last week. Yeah, eighty bucks, and man. it used to be forty. That's so stupid. Like, eh? Man, God, they got us. And then grocery. Ah, anyway, but our pays aren't going up. Like, I know. I know. And it's not like like the industry we're in is booming. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember I being it. this busy. But I don't fucking get it. Anyway, so. Let's move on let's, to Mr. Uh, Goss. Let's get to let's get to Wardo and and find out the trials and tribulations of uh, of him throughout his career, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Awesome. Let's get to him. All right, man. Yo. All right, here we go, Wardo. Thanks for coming on the podcast, pal. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. How are you and the family making out over in Torbay? We're doing quite well, actually. Uh, we're looking forward now to these mandates coming off the board, hopefully on the 15th or the 4th of uh, March, uh, and uh, get, get back to some living. Uh, it's, it's been quite a quite a couple of years. It seems like uh, it's been quite a whirlwind, but yet uh, still two years lost in a lot of ways. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. For I mean, sure. it has realistic. It hasn't been a full two. Well, it'll be two years in March. March yeah. But honestly, it feels it feels like it's been five years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always go by my travel, and I last traveled to a ball tournament in January of 2020. Uh, so it's been a solid two years for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were actually supposed to go on uh, vacation March break the year my girls graduated high school. Mm. They were dancing at Disney, and uh, we were leaving Friday morning, and we had to cancel our trip Thursday night because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. sons of bitches. Yeah. They still have my money. 
playing some double A with my son, and we were coaching. We were just about to win the championship, and they shut us down. It was just, oh, you know, shit. so I'm sure everybody has a story, but it's everybody's lived through it. So hopefully now That's we're right. on the other side. Yeah, exactly, sure, exactly. Sure. So, how how's the winter been going? How's the how's the hockey team doing anyway? Uh, well, we just started up again right now with the high school team. We're in first place uh, in in the metro division, uh, but we had we shut down again for the last six weeks. So, uh, a lot of kids haven't been on the ice very much. We just started up again there last Friday. Uh, so you know, they're no matter how what age you are, it takes a while to get the hands back and the legs underneath you. So it's uh, looking forward to hopefully no more interruptions. And because we've had some kids that you know they've they've lost two years of high school. The grade twelves last year didn't get really to play much hockey. Yeah. Uh, and now grade twelves this year. So uh, I'm very much you know I'm sad for our youth the last couple of years. No matter what the age they've. I know we as adults go through a lot, but uh, we got to think about how much they've gone through as well. For Ab- sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And I gotta, I gotta throw the congrats on the uh, the election win there last, last September. What's uh, what's politician life like for you? Uh, be careful what you wish for. I did run the previous term. Um, I couldn't really put the effort in I wanted to. Uh, my wife Karen, she runs a rescue uh, here, the Rock Wildlife Rescue here in the province, and are actually with out of our house, and we've got some. Of the small facility here, but she was down in Costa Rica uh, with, uh, and I had the children at the time, so really I couldn't get out to, to do it uh, properly, to knock on some doors, so uh, I didn't get in. I think I lost by 160 votes last time, but I said I'd try it once more and uh, uh, put in a, a good effort this time and you know got in by a couple of hundred votes, so just, uh, just having that bit of extra time to let, knock on some doors and uh, it really made the difference, and and it's been uh, it's been pretty hectic between my job and uh, going. Uh, we've had a lot of meetings uh, since the election because of budgetary processes, which usually start back in June, but in the election year it doesn't start till October, and it has to be done by the end of January. So you've got a lot of numbers to crunch uh, within that short period of time, and plus COVID times and trying to make sure everybody's happy. Uh, you know, with the tax, if there is tax increases or mill increases, so we we had a lot of a lot of meetings. But uh, I must say, it's it's been a stiff learning curve, but also very uh, very eye opening as well. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's get into uh, a little thing we call quick pitches here. I'm gonna I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw some random questions for you, and uh, you do your best to answer these ones, pal. <laughs> All, right. All right, first one. Uh, Best thing about growing up in Newfoundland? I think just life was pretty easy. Uh, I always talk about growing up as a you know a young man in Bay Roberts, which is my hometown. You know, we didn't do much beyond play hockey and play ball. We only had two channels on the TV. We had channel six and eight. So uh, if you weren't, uh, we were gone all day to the ball field, and in the winter, then it was either school or playing hockey. So. Uh, I think that's it's pretty that's common. I think to a lot of people our age and my age, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that was probably the you know the uh, the best the best members. Right on. That actually, have you watched any of that show, Son of a Critch, that Mark Critch does? Yeah, no. Yeah, a friend of mine. <laughs> that's... I skate without. So, uh, uh, and he, he he's a producer on that, so it's he tells me some funny stuff and <laughs> uh, just uh, it's hilarious. And oh. I've always like. Yeah, he's he really is. He's he's a good comedian. Such a great show. I I I've watched it since day one, and man, oh, yeah. it's funny. Hope you should definitely check it out. It's it, <laughs> and that like word you just said about uh, growing up two channels and stuff. That's just what I pictured was you know <laughs> yeah. a scene from Son of a Critch. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I dad when he used to do the the news announcements, he had this long drawl of a of a sign off, so everybody knew Mike Critch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, next one. Uh, if you could go back and play one game over again, which one is it? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, I, I guess it'd have to be 07 here in Newfoundland where we lost one nothing to Corey Guru after going 10-0 and in the round robin plus playoffs. And, uh, you know, we lose one nothing on a, on a ball that goes in Lolly's eyes. Uh, into the sun, and we lose that ball game one nothing. That is, that was that was the biggest heartbreak of uh, of my my career. And I think if we had a chance back to 
to get some hits off uh, off Corey a little bit earlier, I think we would have been a better result. But uh, like to have that one back. Yeah, no doubt. Not too many people had hits off Corey that week. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was pretty well, good. Here's, here's the thing about that: that we beat them, beat him four two in the morning. Uh, but we got runs early in that game. Yeah, like like maybe through first and third innings. After that, so fourth through the seventh, we had nothing. Then he shot us out again. So really, he shut us up eleven innings in a row. Yeah. Wow. Not bad. That's pretty. That's pretty good for the lineup you guys had because yeah, that was sure. a deadly lineup. Uh, what's the next? All right. Uh, you have to live off one meal for a week. What are you eating? Man, I'm something Mexican or chili, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a, I love that kind of food. I got to watch the spice side of things, but uh, yeah, I love Mexican food and uh, just got to watch the carbs. Yeah. <laughs> Mexican, <laughs> something chili wise, I can eat that stuff all week long. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Soft tacos are, are my weakness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, toughest pitch you've ever faced? Toughest? I would have to say, well, probably a toss-up between uh, Darren and Mike Pieknik. I probably saw Darren a little bit better because he was a righty. Now yeah. he had that 75 change-ups to go along with it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I never, ever got a good read off Peaches. He just had that big swooping curve he used to throw to me. And I had such a long stride that uh, I... I tended to jump too quickly before I recognized the pitch. And if he swooped that hard sweeping curve at me, man, I didn't have a chance. Man. I'm bad about 063 if I get that man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I think a lot of people are in their, in their careers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Toughest batter you've ever faced. I guess because I faced him so often over the years would have to be Abby. Uh, you know, there was no, no picking, no picking places on him where you really could get him out. Um, and again, where I faced him so often, uh, I think the only time I remember one time, uh, we're facing him in the league and, uh, you know, he was in the midst of his career then just one of the best in the world at the top of the world at the time. And, uh, I had a mo too. I said, you know, I shagged this. I'm going right after him. I threw an outside curveball on the outside corner and hit it and struck him out on three pitches. He said after the game, he turned, he said, what? And they teased your ass. He said, so, oh, do with a curveball like that. <laughs> had, had to do the reverse psychology on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I guess, most memorable moment playing in the St. John Senior League? Uh, I guess would have to be in 95. We were playing green sleeves in the finals. And uh, it was a knocking down drag about series. I think between myself and Bill Davis, there was a couple of a uh, couple of bench clearing brawls in that series. We didn't like each other very much, uh, and it was like there was twelve batters hit in the series. And then we they went up in the ninth inning. Uh, I think the boys went up by two. Uh, you know, we thought we were down and out. We started off a little rally there, and then the bottom of the ninth, I hit the uh, walk off home run in game seven. Oh. Uh, wow, that, that was pretty memorable, and for a couple of reasons. One, that was the last last time we played in that park for quite a few years. We moved to Caribou Complex after that, down in the, where we held the Nationals a few times. Oh yeah, it was, uh, and it was it was one on Thanksgiving Monday. Actually, uh, the series went quite a long time. Wow. And it, it was for a league game. There was a couple of thousand people there. The place was just uh, you know jumping, and, and it was uh, and it was minus twenty. No, it was a, Beautiful, beautiful Monday afternoon. It was like 20 degrees. Wow. And yeah, it was just a beautiful afternoon. And my parents were there to watch it. And, That's you nice. know, I think there's a picture there of me hugging my mom after I hit the home run. It was, it was quite an event. Awesome. That's nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Two more here. Uh, favorite place you've ever played? Uh, I think we texted about that one. It's got to be St. Thomas Ontario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you had a little bit of success up there. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, whatever it is about that park, uh, I've always enjoyed playing there. Uh, mounds were always great. The infield was nice and hard. The, the ball carried well. The ball, you know, moved well as a pitcher as well. I just and the fans, they were the fans were great there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think, as I said to you before, out of the awards that I've won, uh, the three top Canadian pitchers, I've won all three of them in that diamond. So that's, that's I don't know, I'm <laughs> yeah. lucky. That, it's uh, it's a place I've loved to play, and it's just 
um, you know, it brings back great memories and it was always a good, nice park. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one here. You're down to one out left in the game, bases loaded up by one run. You're on the mound. Who would you rather face? Colin Abbott, Steve, nope. Steve Malali, or Bradley Ezekiel? I'd have to say Lolly, just because he swings a little bit more free than the other two. Uh, you, you might have a chance to get a rise ball by him, but I would. The other two guys are just not. There's there's a hair difference between those three guys, but if I got to take the lesser of three evils, I'd have to go at Lolly just because he he swings like a like a demon. So hopefully, <laughs> I can get a rise ball in somewhere or try to outguess him, but that's. He's more of a free spirit than those two guys, but uh, he's had a, a, a very successful career. So, yeah. <laughs> giving me three choices, that's the one I'm taking. Yeah, I yeah. told I told I told Hopi before we start recording when I I told him that question. I I told him that, and I said if it was me, I said. I'd walk one of them to tie the game and just try my luck with whoever was next. <laughs> <laughs> you'd walk well, them. You, you mean on purpose? Cause I'm pretty sure you'd walk them no matter what. Yeah, true. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option, but you didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, Wardle, let's, uh, let's get into your career here. Uh, tell us about getting your start in the game back in Bay Roberts as a youngster. That's, uh, you know, just, again, it was the thing to do. Bay Roberts always had a great recreation, recreation program that, uh, you know, they encouraged kids to come there every day, whether it be softball or just kicking around the ball or playing some lawn darts or, you know, just it was a full-run program for years, and it was a staple in our town of Bay Roberts. So I ended up going there. Uh, I, you know, a guy in the community, Langdon Critch, uh, who's in the Hall of Fame there in Bay Roberts as a builder, you know, he, he was so good even before the – that program started up he always had a minor program going back to the point that even i think my mom even uh, played uh, and, and langdon was coaching so he had a you know such a history in our town um, and his older brother kevin as well younger brother kevin as well they had such an impact in our town so my sisters had both played fast pitch it was just the thing to do i mean uh, Dave roberts had a great senior d um the program there sorry a uh, league and uh, a couple of times they won the, the beef provincials to go to the A's and uh, you know, played against the boys from St. John's and did quite well. So we had a lot of good ball there for a lot of good years. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be watching that, you know, on a, every evening or on a Sunday afternoon. And um, my sister pitched a bit and uh, I never thought about pitching whatsoever when I was eight or nine. But uh, Langdon said to me, he said, Ward, your sister pitches? I said, what do you try it? Well, I said, well, why not? <laughs> so I, I did, and I could throw the ball pretty hard when I was young, and uh, I'd, I'd get two outs, and then I'd promptly walk four in a row, and then it had to take me out because I just <laughs> I couldn't punch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just, it was a great place to grow up. All my friends played ball is what we did. Uh, it was just, uh, again, great memories, and I was very fortunate uh, to be able to do that. Right on. So when did you when did you know uh, you know that you know you had a, a pretty good talent for for the game? I think probably in squirt ball at the time. <laughs> you're allowed to call that now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were playing in the provincials against uh, a, a powerhouse at the time, Placentia. They were always winning the uh, whatever the minor divisions were, and. Uh, I wasn't pitching that particular game, uh, but I was playing center field and we were, I think down by or an inning or something or down by a run in the last inning. And we were playing on a minor field. So, you know, you could hit something out of the park and I had never hit a ball out of a home run park at that point, you know, small, probably 200 feet. But again, the bottom of the seventh, I hit a home run to win the tournament for us. So, <laughs> but I remember squaring up some balls, even and I used a wooden bat then. We had the aluminum bats, but I had this nice wooden bat that had a different end on it. I used to love. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> so I think then I kind of just remembered seeing the ball. It's the first time I really recall that a ball would kind of stop in front of me and you could see it just before you hit it. So um, that would probably be my first memory of, of thinking that, you know what, I might be decent at this game. Right on. I got to ask about that uh, 1986 year when uh, you guys would win midget provincials and represent the province at, at nationals. What was it like, you know, first to, uh, you know, win provincials, but then to represent the province at a national championship. That was kind of a, a catch 22 year for me. I had, 
I had the opportunity to play with the junior 50s in the junior nationals that year as an underager. And uh, I had played with them previously in a tournament out in Clarenville and uh, had a really good tournament, again, as a 16-year-old. Uh, actually, 15, just... No, I was just turned 16, actually, yeah. So I had, I think I had like four months, just, uh, I just missed the batting title by one one at bat or something. But so the the, the general manager, John Martin, said, Ward, you got to make a choice here. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm going to play, I'm allowed to play the midget provincials anyway, which I did. And here, announced, I didn't expect us to win. I knew we had a good shot. And here we go and win it. Uh, and they're hoping I'm going to play shortstop for them in the junior nationals. And I said, you know what, boys? This is my hometown I'm representing here now, so uh, I'd like to go to the Midget Nationals with my with my team. And uh, you know, we didn't fare very well. I think we finished ninth or eighth or ninth. We we faced a tough job, but you know, that was some great memories. Would I love to play the Junior Nationals in front of the hometown fans of St. John? Sure, but I don't know if I was quite ready for that at that time. But uh, you know, it was, it was a catch twenty two. But I think I made the right decision to go with my friends and. Uh, and represent province for the first time. Yeah, for sure. what was it like? Uh, you know, seeing that, you know, national competition for the first time. You know, all the all the other provinces and and how good they were. It was an eye opener, more so because I think it was the first time, even a midget, that we were facing better pitching than we had seen locally. And you know, you're facing Ontario and uh, and, and Alberta and these teams that are just got. You know, I think probably Holian would have been there at the time. Yeah, he was there. I think he was with the 222s. Um, you know, some guys that I can't. Paul was there was a guy Paul uh, out of Halifax. Oh, uh, Paul. Oh, Richardson. Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson. Yeah. Richardson yes. Yeah. 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 He was really good back in the day. So these guys were, you know, legitimate good throwers. Uh, so it was an eye opener. Uh, we didn't score a whole lot of runs. Uh, we lost some close games. Um, but seeing, and seeing some guys thrown hard and with some off speed, it was very much an eye opener and uh, something that I knew I wanted to get back to at some point. Now you mentioned the the junior fifties team there. You'd uh, play uh, St. John's had a junior league back then, like solely devoted to to junior. Yeah, just junior alone. I think it would have been uh, the junior fifties would have been the CBC Travelers, Conception Bay Central. Mm-hmm. Um, Outer Cove would have had a team. Uh, I think higher levels uh, within St. John's had a team. And usually the the, uh, the midget team, like the midget Stokes team that Scott Mercer and Colin Abbott would have played on, they would have played in the league as well. So we had a we had a pretty good league going there. And uh, Glenn Healy and those boys and from Central, uh, you know, it was it was a really good league. And uh, that was when it was junior only. So. Uh, uh, usually us in the fifties and then CBC Central. We uh, we usually duped it out in the finals a couple times there. So it was it was a good league. I I gotta say. Yeah. Did you guys play in the? Uh, I was going through the the website, the St. John's website there, and uh, did the junior fifties play in the senior league as well? Like a, a few seasons. Yep. Yeah, we did that. Uh, that team would have been. And that's actually where I broke in with with the fifties. I was playing senior at 16 uh, again trying to get ready for the Canadian Nationals there uh, the senior they would allow that for teams to come in and compete to try to get better to play against the other junior squads across Canada mm-hmm. so I've broken in that year yes for the junior 50s in in 86 so how crazy was it you know to be that young and, and play in such a you know not only a well established league but you know top ranked players in, in the country and <laughs> Man, it was it was a highlight. It really was. Uh, you know, I I played. I remember one night I was playing uh, right field, and Len Beresford. Len was one of the ultimate sluggers in our in our game in this province for a lot of years, and uh, he hit a ball to me in right field that skipped and went right in my glove, and I picked it up, and the ball was actually warm. And I threw it back in. I'm going, holy smokes, these guys, these guys, bashing in here. <laughs> That's crazy. And I'm a legend. Because my dad and I, my dad watched games when I was younger. And uh, man, I was just in awe of these, of the Davises and Jerome Brocklehurst and, and the Ronnie Bowens and those. I mean, they were just phenomenal players. You know, we were, 
we were such a competitive league, uh, raw in a lot of ways, but so much talent. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Actually, one thing I wanted to touch on, like I hear Hilly and Lolly talk about it on, on Dust Up quite a bit, and you kind of, you touched on it in quick pitches there about, uh, you know, all the, like pretty much bench clearing brawls back then. Like, tell us about how cutthroat it was back in the day in that St. John Senior League. <laughs> It was just a mentality, and I'm glad it's changed over the years because I look back at it now, it's it's not the way I wanted the ball to be, but it's just like borderline. I don't even know if it's borderline, but pretty well we hated each other. You know, you didn't talk to the – like we, we were Stanley's club. We were up and coming. We were trying to beat green sleeves. They had the Davises. You know, they were the, they were the big kids on the block, and we were trying to knock them off the block, and then – Labatz was there with Collins brothers and Collins played there a bit in John Hill and and then you probably had Miller Light and they were just kind of the, the fourth sister there that did okay but there was you know no real animosity towards but man when we played green sleeves it was just hate I remember Dave Boland Ryan's dad Ryan and Shane's dad going down first base one night just hit a one hopper at Moose Davis that's Mike that's the uh, one of the Davis brothers and Mike just came up and Smoked Dave in the chin, and two of them just brought up solid. Split Dave open for five sticks across the chin. You know, so this this was the way, and uh, it, it was just pure hate, man. And I remember Donnie Roach got tripped one night on a pass ball. Bill Davis stuck at his foot and tripped him before he go over the plate. Next thing, she goes up again, and <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it, it, off the field, it did along pretty well, but then we're you know there was a few guys that were picked up you know, for the Canadians at the time. But uh, it really came down then to personalities in the mold. And uh, as, as things went on later, Billy um, and Lolly and then Bradley, they started to grow up and realize, you know what, these guys are going away to Nationals. We're all getting got a chance to go here. Yeah. You know, the fellas and just disliking them. It's, it's not the way I'd rather play hard on the field and uh, then, you know, be like that on the field. And but I guess the biggest surprise to me was I went to uh, a Nationals one year, and I don't recall the year right now. Um, and because of the way it was in St. John's, you know, your enemies, enemies didn't talk to you. You were talk, probably talked down about because, you know, who does he think he is kind of thing. And we all said that about everybody because we just didn't want to give them any kind of mental edge. But I, I went to uh, I went to the tournament in Ontario and, and I don't know if I won or lost a good game and there was guys coming out to me afterwards saying uh, Ward great game man good way to go good stuff and I thought are these guys picking the game off me here or what because you know this is not the way I'm used to it yeah <laughs> but it really opened my eyes you know and yes this is the way it's supposed to be you know you play hard on the field you talk to your buddy after off the field have a beer with them and yeah, you know right. celebrate loss and for a lot of years uh, it wasn't that way here in Newfoundland again the ball was phenomenal the robberies were off the charts but uh, I'm glad it's changed for the better on that now that uh, you know that we can play hard on the field and uh, really you know have some good times off the field as well yeah, for sure yeah, for sure I, I before we move on from the St. John Senior League I gotta I mean we've talked about your success in that league we've talked about last podcast with OB and uh, one thing like 12 league championships you've won like so many records so many awards what is it about the league that you know kind of brings out the best in you I guess I think and this this is for a lot of players that come out of that league um, the one thing that we've done that I think that no other league in Canada has done is that we've developed Ball players at a young age to play senior ball. So, well, by the time they're finished junior, they're seasoned ball players, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of where you know I got my start early at 16. You know, I was playing full time in the league at 16, 17. So, you know, I had a chance early to develop, and and a lot a lot more than some other kids in the area or even across Canada. And as you see with Hilly and Lolly and Ryan and Shane and and, uh, you know, and Bradley and, and Blair, I mean, all these kids started early and look at the success they've had. I think it's, it's probably one of the biggest reasons we have so many kids in that national pool, uh, whether they have been or, or are still there now. It's, yeah. it's something that 
they learn to compete early and it's such a good league. But I think because of the history of the league and what I saw coming through and what I knew even before I got in the league, I was I was ready to leave senior B and Bay Roberts to, you know, basically go to Hollywood playing ball, which was St. John's at the time. And I couldn't wait for my chance to get at it. I was always I always felt like I wanted to play the best, and uh, that league just brought up the best of me for years. Yeah. Now, here, Hilly and Lolly talk about it as well, too. I mean, I hate to bring up Hilly and Lolly so much right now, you, but you love them. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, I like they talk about how many guys <clears throat> back in the day, you know, probably could have left the island to go play travel ball in the ISC circuit. Uh, is that a, a fair assumption? That's that's more than a fair assumption. That's uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Billy Windsor, Billy was, you know, shortlisted for the national team a couple of times, but because again, I think he was from Newfoundland and, mm. and didn't enough good hitting or good, good pitching to see it. Billy would go away and hit 400 of Canadians uh, just playing locally and then go up. And, you know, I remember the first time I, my first senior nationals in Cerny in 1990, Terry Bell is out there throwing bullets and Billy pulls one off him that goes over the shortstop's head by maybe four Feet and hits the fence on the line. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the hardest ball I've ever hit. And it's, you know, he was that good and still a good athlete. Uh, I still skate with Billy now. Billy's with 56, 57. But a guy like that, Dave Bowens, like Ryan's father and Shane's father, Dave should have had a crack. Jeff, Jeff uh, Kirk, who coached as well, uh, you know, Jeff could have had a crack of going away. The Davises, you know, I did it at the tail end of my career. But we had so many guys that, uh, that would have been John Hill for another one. We had so many guys that if they had gotten the exposure, would have been what you're seeing right now is Newfoundland is playing that, that elite level of ball. It's just there's something uh, in the compete level that, that just brings that cream to the top. Jeez, mm-hmm. that's scary to think <laughs> what, what it could have been. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wow, geez, that's crazy. Um, they have enough. You mentioned that, that first Nationals in Cerny in 1990. What yep. was what was that like for you as far as you know being an eye opener? Oh man, it was phenomenal. It was again, it was the show. Uh, I remember I got my first hit off uh, Cliff Bishop from Manitoba. I was playing second base and uh, he threw me this this drop ball. I just kind of hung there and I I hooked it down the corner. So uh, it was uh, it was great memories. Again, a lot of veterans. The Davises, Jerome Brock was there. Uh, we picked up. Uh, Steve Price that year because we had had him the year before in '89 when the boys medaled here locally uh, as green sleeves. Um, so Price, he was there. And, you know, we had a John Hill was all there that year. You know, we had a great team. It's just that, again, <laughs> sometimes when uh, you let the guys off the rock, we tend to, we at that time, we tended probably to take too much advantage and just we're happy to be on holiday together and, and have a few too many beers. and by the early of the week, we're, we're up there in the standings. By the end of the week, we're probably a little bit tired. The arms drop at the plate, and then we're, our compete level goes down because we're just – the stamina wasn't there. But, mm-hmm. again, we could hit with anybody. Uh, it's just a matter of that uh, that mentality that we deserve to be there versus, you know, we're here to have a holiday. That's, yeah. That yeah. Was, um, I think things changed in 89. When we when we medaled and, uh, and had Pricey brought in, things were just starting to change around that time, I think. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask about uh, 05, when you guys got silver in St. Thomas. Uh, yep. What was, uh, that must have been, a, you know, for back then, that must have been a, a pretty special moment for you. Looking back, absolutely. We said it that day, and we said it ever since, the guys I talked to on that team, that, you know, we didn't we didn't lose gold that day. We won silver kind of thing. Uh, was, you know, what we pulled off in the playoffs, uh, we went through, we had to have a tiebreaker in the morning against Vancouver. Uh, on Friday morning, I think it was, to see if we got double life. We ended up uh, losing that game, I think, on a late home run. Um, so we had the, the long way back. And uh, when we look at it, I think we faced, uh, I think we faced Vancouver, Prince George first. We had to control for them. And uh, we beat them like 2-1 or 3-2. Uh, then we faced, I think, uh, would have been Jarvis, and then we knocked them off as well. Um, then we faced, ooh, we faced Diamondbacks or Saskatoon. Oh, no, I actually think it was uh, Aspen. And uh, eighth year started, and then we caught up the game, and they brought Woody in, and then uh, 
think Matt, I was on third. Matt Bramwell hit a high chopper and went to it, and he threw it up the stands. We win that one 2 1 somehow. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Matt comes out of, I was just gassed. I'd throw him probably seven games that week and a couple more in the playoffs. I was just done. And then Matty picked up the ball. We beat Kitchener 1 nothing in, in the center. And I think Lolly hit a chop first baseman's head, and that's how we scored one run off Marty. And then we were, I started the final, and we were up, went up one nothing, and then they, everything just fell off. Obi hit a home run off me, and we ended up losing eight one in the final. But man, we, we put on, we we're on such a ride, and you know the the theme of that uh, that playoff, another team on the bus, another team on the bus kind of thing. We were just, we had nothing to lose and everything to gain, and yeah. whatever. Whatever we milked out of that, man, there was nothing left in us. Man, that's awesome. That's so awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, I mean, <laughs> you got silver, but I mean, it was a well-deserved silver for sure. Uh, I, think, I think we played either 14 or 15 games in uh, in seven days. Oh, jeez. By the, by the time, because I think there was, at, in that time, you, there was the eight count, I think it was like seven or eight games around Robin. Then there was the tiebreaker, and then there was, at least five more in the playoffs that we had to go back through. So, man, such a grind, such a grind. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to ask you about uh, the following year. You'd uh, go to your first ISCs with Kegel. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you had success first tournament, and you're getting getting all world. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Again, I had the opportunities to go away when I was younger, and I, I don't, I don't really know why I didn't take the opportunity. It's like. Uh, some of the guys that did it were staying down for the summer. I had, uh, you know, I was 27 when I got married and had our first child uh, the same year. So it wasn't really in the cards for me. And at that time, besides Colin going down and uh, Scotty Mercer was down there living for, I mean, Colin was the first guy that really flew back and forth, but nobody else was doing that. You had to be quite elite to be flown down every weekend. Hmm. So the opportunities were there. So after, after 05, I said, you know what, I'd like to, I'd like to go down and have a try at this. Um, and I was lucky. I talked to Al, um, Al Dorn, and uh, he put a couple of feelers out for me. And uh, Jeff, Jeff, uh, oh my God, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, who was, I'm just trying to think who the contact was. I think it was, I think it was LD, yeah. I think it was LD that uh, was playing with Kegel at the time as well. I mean, we had a really good team. Um, some great players. Or Chad Boom, one of the best players in U.S. history. Uh, he was an awesome player. Uh, Rob Giesbrecht played as well. Uh, Dwayne Clark, uh, Clarkson, uh, Manson, real good ball players. Anyway, so I, I ended up, something happened in, that they weren't, a guy that was managing the team uh, didn't manage it very well. He had told me to come down, and then everything was up in the air. So then a guy, Doc Landerman, who I, I'm still good friends with, and I actually spoke with on the phone last night, and he's still, he's a sponsor of Kegel right now, this uh, last few years. He called me up and said, Ward, listen, sorry for what's happening, but, you know, we still want you to come. Uh, here's the three tournaments. Uh, here's the deal kind of thing, and it's been love to have you. So I was just, you know, beyond excited to have the opportunity. And I think my first tournament uh, would have been in uh, Superior, Lake Superior, Wisconsin. And uh, Timmy, uh, um, who else came down with us? I think from Canada there. Uh, Timmy Knack? Yeah, Timmy, Timmy Max came down with us as well. So myself, him, and my wife flew down, and Doc Landers picked it up in Minnesota, and uh, we had a wonderful time. It was a great team to be a part of, and we really built, even though we lost that first game of the ISC, I think against Portland, uh, they had changed the, uh, in the makeup of the tournament then that you could actually lose three times and still be alive. And we were lucky enough that uh, we kept it alive and uh, went on a good run, and we had Kitchener down in the, actually 5 nothing into the fifth and then the wheels came off and we ended up losing <laughs> six, five. <I> think. Jeez. <laughs> we, we gave it fun and, you know, it was eye opening for me. I, you know, I, it, it's such a good level of ball. We had such a good team and, uh, I just wanted to have that knowledge and, and wanted to have the crack at that I could play at that level. And, you know, I'm really glad I did. And I, I played for a few years after that. I'm still playing now with the legend stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a been a great ride. That's awesome. I, I want to ask you before we get on to uh, the Hall of Fame stuff. I, I want to ask you about uh, 2012 year when you won the uh, IC twos with Perry Island. I mean, <laughs> hey, yeah. that IC two tournament. That's that, that's a pretty pretty great tournament. I mean, it, there's a lot of great regardless. teams. Oh, yeah. I know, but yeah, that's a. Uh, how was your time with them? 
it was a really good time actually it was the uh, you know the team was young uh, i look back now the players we had we had a couple of good players there that uh, that went on to had some you know some decent uh, some decent times with the ball but uh, i think more so it was such a young team frank was there and myself um and really other than that there was no real big names on the team but uh, it was just a good run we i think we lost to uh I'm going to say Pete's Blues 2-1 that put us down into the uh, deuce. And then after that, you know, I said, well, boys, we're here. It's just want to play well and, and really put a good, uh, you know, respect the game and then respect our teammates there and try to do something good. So we ended up, I think we beat uh, Andy Jackson's team uh, maybe 4-3. Uh, and then we faced Aurora, had this big kid of New Zealand. And, uh, you know, he was a big kid. And he was throwing darts on this, uh, on, that would have been Friday night because the finals were on Saturday. And we were lucky enough, he just ran to the steam because he was a little bit bigger. And we were lucky enough to beat him, I think, 2-1. And then got into the next day, get the same team, and they started start Detmar. We thought we were getting this New Zealand kid again. But again, we were lucky enough to, to haul it out. And uh, I think we beat them either 2-1 or one nothing. But uh, it was a great victory for, for that group because it was... You know, a native group that had just put a team together for the first time. Um, Derek Pinkerton, you know, was the was the coach and manager at the time. And, uh, you know, it was – I've made a lot of good friends that are still really good friends to this day. So mm-hmm. it was it was fine, man. It was – I actually had, had, had some medical attention there. I had put up my heel that it was just nothing but blood coming out of it. And I couldn't even pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came over and put uh, – put some bandage on me and long enough to keep it on during the game. But uh, it was, it was a grind, but i tell you what, uh, it was a great feeling afterwards for that, those young guys. Um, and that deuce, I mean, some people take, take it for granted, but i tell you what, it, it is a grind to win that. There's a lot of good ball teams that can knock off some bigger ball teams at any time as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you, you were named tournament MVP and most outstanding pitchers. It's like, you're just a, a, a fine wine there, Warda. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking on the way up, uh, maybe the things that we might be talking about here, and that's one of the things I think maybe it's, it's one of the reasons I waited a little bit later. Even though I had, you know, I had a great career here on the Rock and uh, some great Canadians, um, it I, I feel as a pitcher. I mean, I didn't really start pitching a whole lot until I was, you know, 23, 24 at a senior level, and until I got a bit heavier and started throwing a little bit harder. Uh, but I was more of a thrower then. I was, I could hard enough that I could get it by guys and I had a bit of a change but it really wasn't until probably my mid my early 30s to mid 30s that I started to become a pitcher that started you know needing to hit spots that mm-hmm. you know no matter how hard you throw the ball you're not getting to buy these guys it's just a mere timing so if you don't take take something out of your toolbox to be able to, to get some outs you know you got to get a few strike hits a game to take some pressure off the defense but you know you got to pitch you just can't be you can't be thrown and uh, I was a guy that I called my game most of my whole life. Uh, you know, if I was going to lose a game, it was going to be on my on my term, my catcher's term. So I had I butted some heads over that over the years. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won I won most of the battles. I, you know, when I played with Waterloo in '96, Craig Crawford didn't let me off with it, so I didn't get away with it that year. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to ask about, uh, of course, 2014. You'd be inducted into Newfoundland Softball Hall of Fame. Uh, how special of a moment was that for you? Uh, it's 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 amazing, really. Again, to look at the names that are already there before you and people that I played with and against. Um, immense pride. It's you know something that I just started playing as a boy, and again, I always say that it's not something you strive towards; it's a result of. And uh, it's it was kind of it was surreal because I didn't feel like I was old enough to be in a Hall of Fame at that time, even though you know it's only about six, six, seven years ago. And I guess I still consider myself young, even though I'm turning fifty-four this year. <laughs> but it, it was surreal, you know. It's it's I was it was very much uh, a lot of pride. My family was there, so that made me even more special with my my dad, and mom, and my kids and my wife. So I think that's more about I think trying to let them know what I've done in my my, uh, my career as in fast pitch and sports 
um, they're still pretty young and don't remember a whole lot of it. So I guess, you know, the fact that dad's in the hall of fame is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Right. Uh, little thing we like to end the podcast with, uh, we call it player association. I'm going to, yep. I'm going to throw out some names to you and, and you can say as much or as little about them as you want. Cool. Let's start it off with the uh, friend of the show, uh, fellow Nova Scotian, Timmy McCumber. Uh, Timmy, uh, <laughs> funny when we were younger, and again, I think we were cut with the same cloth that, uh, you know, we, we didn't, I didn't like to respect my opponent. I think Timmy was the same way. 100%. And, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I, I think that's the way he played. That's the way I played. So Timmy and I didn't talk a whole lot in the early years, and basically would maybe just walk by each other. But then, uh, you know, later on we played with Kegel, and then we played with Team Minnesota a few years after that. You know, Timmy and I became uh, pretty good friends and uh, respect the hell out of him. He was a great ball player, a great competitor, pitching, hitting, first base. You know, I, I look back now, and it's kind of funny that you think of those things. And you go, eh, I wish I wasn't that way. But that's just the way it was back then. But I respect the hell out of Timmy. He's a great guy and a great competitor, and I call him a friend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, you mentioned him a little, touched on him a little bit, uh, Chad Boom. Chad Boom, man, the... He's just a guy that goes out and does it and doesn't ask for anything, just plays hard because that's that's his mentality. He's just a super athlete. He could pitch. He could play shortstop. Uh, even I faced Chad a couple of years ago, and uh, you know I threw him a down-in drop ball that I thought could have got most people out. That guy inside out of it and took it to right field for a home run. He's just uh, – I think Chad Boom was one of the most underestimated ball players. Uh, ever to come out of the U.S. I think a lot of the guys in the U.S. really thought a lot about him and his skill level. But on an international level, Chad Boom uh, was a star as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two more here. Uh, Robbie O'Brien. Uh, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. Robbie and I have uh, the distinct, uh, I don't know if you call it the pleasure, or we were both, I think, at least I was, we were on the, on the softball Canada website as the most illegal pitch going at that time. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Dewey Dyke, how he used to yeah. fly out behind the left-hand batter. Basically, you'd, you'd crow hop to the left side and throw behind, basically, like you're throwing it into a righty behind the lefty. Yep. And whatever happened, Robbie started doing it, and I ended up doing it. Uh, I just, you, your first step was to the left of the rubber, and then you popped out, and you were, you talk, talk about your aim out of the shoot. Uh, we were out of the shoot by a lot. Again, Robbie was, a, you know, such a good athlete. He was a good hockey player, great ball player. Uh, you know, Robbie's a friend of mine as well. And, you know, won most places he went. Uh, so, you know, and to come off this rock and uh, as a junior Canadian with him and Mike Tilly and Greg Weber, the guys won the uh, – the gold medal there in New Zealand that in New yeah. Zealand that year, mm -hmm. Canada. Uh, you know, Robbie's had a storied career, and uh, hats off to him. He worked for every bit of it. Yeah, for sure. And last but certainly not least, uh, the 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 pioneer, I guess, uh, Abby Colin Abbott. Well, Colin's a good friend of mine, and again, going back to when we were young, I wish I had time back that I could have I could have talked more to Abby when I was younger. Uh, instead of just basically saying, you know, he's the enemy, just get him out and whatever you got to do, basically keep him off the dates paths. Or, uh, but we've become really good friends. We worked together for a while. Uh, we obviously won a, cha a few championships. Uh, well, we played together quite a few nationals. Then we won a gold medal together. Then we played on our club team here in St. John's, won a couple of championships. And I really valued uh, those few years because I realized how good of a person Colin was, how much knowledge he had. Um, you know, I, I laughed one time. I said, you wouldn't tell me when I was playing. I said, Abby, I said, you got to give a one. I said, I know you had me picked on something. He said, so you got to tell me. So he, he hit me because I was still playing a bit. So was he, but he said, ah, shag it. So he said, I, at that time, I wore my finger out of my glove. So every time, you know, I would, so apparently I, I used to throw my rise ball and if I had my rise ball, I'd pop my finger out of the glove. <laughs> so, 
every time. Every time the third rise, well, first thing you do when you see coming, pop my fingers and whammo. I'm going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all these years, they, they had me picked and wouldn't tell me. But that was the way, too. You know, you're a competitor. You're not giving up your secrets. But, no, that's right. Again, I, I, I still skate with Abby two or three days a week now. And uh, he's a funny, funny guy. Great soul. And, uh, you know, just ambassador to our game, one of the best ever to play the game. Uh, I feel it my privilege to have played with him uh, and call him a friend. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, listen, Wordle, man, I got to thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, you've been a big part of the game, you know, not only just in Newfoundland, but, uh, you know, across Canada as well. And uh, you know, I, I just got to thank you for coming on. Well, I sincerely appreciate the fact you reached out to me. And, uh, uh I won't lie to say, you know, I was thinking, yeah, what are the boys calling me for? But then I started thinking, you know, it's always a good conversation that you can just, just talk about some things and promote the game and how you got there and the people you met along the way. And one of the things I'll end off with that uh, playing Legends Ball right now, the 15 overs, it's probably some of the most fun I've had in the game. I've made some extremely close friends. You know, you get out, you play hard on the field, and there's a lot of good athletes that are still playing in good shape. But then you get the chairs around after the ball game, you make fun of each other, and just start laughing. <laughs> and it is, it has been the best. And I've, I've sincerely missed it the last two years, and I'm looking forward to getting back at it again this year. Absolutely, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, best of luck uh, on the ice tonight. I hope you guys uh, can pull off the W. All right, guys. I sincerely appreciate it. All right, Wardo. Take care, bye. Hey, we'll see you. Uh, see you at the oh, end yeah. of August. Oh yeah, we'll be over September. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. we'll have to, I'll be playing the Masters, hopefully. Perfect. <laughs> yes, All right. Sir. Take care, Ward. Take care, boys. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Newfoundland podcast. <laughs> I guess it is. I mean, who else do we got to go through over there? Holy <laughs> oh, cow. there's lots. Now you know what's funny. Right, we we could have. We could have chatted for a couple of hours because I mean he has so much on his on his resume that I yeah yeah we didn't sure. actually get to I mean no. such a story career and like you said he's still going yeah That's and awesome. he has to coach hockey in ten minutes yeah I know. Like, yeah <laughs> gonna play hockey Games at seven, coach so. hockey uh, yeah man that's awesome yeah. good for him for coming on I definitely definitely yeah. appreciate it but Beauty. Uh, good guy nice guy absolutely um what what can we end off with here you know we we didn't do it did you know we forgot to no and, you forgot to I did ah. Uh, but I didn't want to say anything. Did you have? Do you have anything? <laughs> Fuck no. Oh. Did you know Ward Goss was the <laughs> league leader in? Oh, we already did that one. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So uh, we also have to mention the uh, Tide Fest tournament that we are hoping to have run in July, which is July fifteenth, I believe. We're hosting in Lance. Yep. So if any teams from, I don't even care where you're from, if you want to come to Lance and uh, enjoy our Tide Fest festivities, which is uh, basically three nights of drinking, uh, <laughs> dances, <laughs> all kinds of different things going on in our community, and then of course uh, playing in a ball tournament. And what's even better now that exit is done in Lance. Yeah. So for you people that don't know, there's an excellent yeah, easy access exit off, the, off the main a. highway. So read by your host. <laughs> it is too. Yeah. Anyway, Hobie, let's uh, end another week. Anybody listening? If you listen on Spotify, give us a five star rating. Follow us on. Please. All, so <sighs> no, do it. <laughs> do it now. But yeah, follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. and uh, Shoot Randy a text or message on one of those platforms just to let us know how many times the lolly's name was said in that podcast. God damn it. Lolly. <laughs> all right, take care. All right, man. Take care. Classified. Oh, here we go again. Mike's pissed off. Rhyme for a year. Think he's all hip-hop. Well, excuse me, please, Mr. Ten-Year Veteran. It looks like the fame might be going to your head again. Look, what? I had it up to here. Always talking me down. Boss me round. Scared I'm taking your crown. Not even in the slightest. Yeah, we'll see. Man, you wouldn't write shit if it wasn't for me. You would have no CDs, no free beats, no trips. You ain't grateful for none of that shit. Wait, run it back, kid. You ain't paid me a buck. Why you think I never, ever had money for that stuff? Cause you can't keep a job Man, neither can you I left home in 98 Mom, Pa's still your crew Fuck it, I'll get personal Put it in perspective Grew up with a silver spoon Never learned a lesson Everything was handed to you That wasn't my choice Mom and Dad only had enough money To put in one boy And that's me More skill, more sick, more ill More spit, more flow Let's go, no joke No bro, let me tell them how it really is I'm more ill, more balanced More real and more talent He constantly have these rivalries we constantly have these rivalries. We constantly have these rivalries.
singer, man. I thought you were an MC. Yeah, I spit raw. And sing a smooth melody. I'm all talented. You stick to the basics. You find what you're good at and never, ever change yeah, it. Yeah, I found what I'm good at. I say I got a formula. Still keep it fresh. Not the same old boring stuff. Every day you call, though. So things never change. Yeah, I'm still getting hand downs. Just got my first pair of hammer pants now. You a second rate rapper. What? Getting better? Cause I rhyme for a year and your voice think I'm better. Oh, I'll give you credit. You can rhyme. You only just started. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.